gringo para gringo escucha y aprende conmigo estamos hablando contigo y tu madre y tu padre y tu perro caliente Welcome to Lingo para Gringo. My name is Aaron Brown. I'm here today with the one and only, the beautiful Milena Brown. Hello. Sir David Humble. Hello. And none other than our guest today, Captain Otho. Oh. Hello. Welcome aboard, Captain. Thank um, you very much. And today, since, Cap, uh, since Otho and I are both boat captains, we are going to... Talk about the worst charters, most outrageous charter slash boating stories we've ever had. And I think it's going to be a fun episode. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Honky, an air horn for white people. It's perfect for signaling the other yachts that you're on a starboard tack and therefore have the right of way. Uh, use it to get traffic moving so your family isn't late for your next staycation. Or just use it to celebrate after throwing down your first dunk when you set up that new mini tramp in the driveway. Honky! Finally an air horn. <laughs> He's trying that, to hold. <laughs> finally an air horn that Karen won't complain about. So. Honky! Is that okay? <laughs> I, I mean, they, they wanted to sponsor the show. No, no, no. So. It's fine. As long as we're getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, big bucks. We can edit that out later. No. Otho has a terrified look on his face. I'm not sure what I've gotten into here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, Otho has been on the water a lot longer than I have. Well, you got to bring that up. So, (laughs) not that old. So. Not that much longer. It's a lot of sun out there. It just makes you look old. I know. It's tough, especially in the summertime. But uh, how long have you been working on boats? Uh, not my whole life, but in the 90s, I started selling uh, boats, selling sailboats. Oh, and right. Then, uh, and then charters just kind of slowly evolved from that. Can you say that in Spanish? Because Otho is particularly enlightened and speaks multiple languages and Spanish is being being one of them, right? All of them poorly. All of them poorly? That's better than me. So, te quiero escucharlo en español. Entonces, en los 90s yo empecé a vender valeros y después haciendo no sé cómo cómo decir charters en español, pero arrendando botes. Entonces, por más que 30 años ahora estoy trabajando con botes. Wow. Sounds pretty good to me. Uh, our listener's head exploded just now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> See, now this, gringos, is the goal. This is why you were listening to this show, because Otto's from Virginia. I mean... Otto is a gringo. Otto's no a gringo, it. but that was impressive, and it's possible. It's good to know that it's possible. So... Did you learn your Spanish in Miami, or...? Uh... ¿Tú querías escucharlo en español o en inglés? No. Puedo decir en dos. I studied Spanish in high school, actually. Okay. And then uh, I think what really helped was being married to my Brazilian. Oh, yeah. You know, because it, every day she'd be like, para de falar hispano conmigo. You know? She would say, stop speaking Spanish. And uh, ended up 
with a real fluency in Portuguese, and then uh, it kind of helped in the end. It was confusing in the beginning, but then it helped to... Yeah, they're a little bit similar, but... And there's a different thing. I mean, there's a mimicry that, that I think you have to have to sound right. It doesn't mean that I'm the best speaker of Spanish. My wife, for example, can understand more than me, but she doesn't have the fluency because she can't imitate sounds as well. Yeah, it's kind of like being an impressionist exactly. in a way. Or being able to sing. You should be good at it because if you can sing and carry a tune and, and you know follow, then That's... it's the same thing. It's almost the same skill. It's actually, you say lingua, you know, lingua is lingua. Yeah. It's It's... The dexterity of the tongue, you know? but being able to read and write is a totally different facility. Yeah, and they're oh, it gets tough when you incorporate reading and writing. It gets yes, <laughs> that's For the me, real deal. English, and see, I'm not a I'm not still... a linguist. I'm not a scholar about it. I, I'm I've just been seat of the pants imitating. So I can if I say the same thing over and over again, you know, I can say it and sound like I know what I'm talking about. But now, can you use this skill? To do any really good impressions of famous people that we might know, are you? Do you have any impressions uh, in the bag hmm. <laughs> that you grew up? Anyone saying? in particular? Anybody, Anybody you know, Saturday Night Live or whatever you got. Any any famous person? Just the, it, a good one that you have, if you have one. You know. <clears throat> I don't know whether it's appropriate. Oh, everything's the- appropriate. <laughs> I've been working like that. I'm trying to find a goddamn job. You know, my whole life, I've been working so goddamn hard. And nobody gave me a break. You know what I'm saying? I've been trying. And man, when you down, they just leave you down. They don't give you nothing. They don't cut you no damn slack. I mean, I've been trying and trying and trying and trying. What? Oh, kinda, my God. That was impressive. That's kind of how I grew up, where I grew up. So it was, it was more like that, you know? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I actually know that guy that I've never told you. He's not famous, but... but. Yeah. Okay, that's just a voice that you have. Yeah, he'd talk to me every day when I would leave my house. And so. His name is Ross Langmore? <laughs> <laughs> how, and how many, you know, how often do you bring this, do you bust this out, this voice Very, out? very rarely. Very rarely? Yeah, it's Only when you're decade. recording it for the whole internet. No, I couldn't here. think of any other impressions, anybody I can think of. But. That's fine. Yeah. What about a, a boating horror story, as we promised our listeners? Or oh, not a horror story, but just an outrageous boating story that you one of the feel many that you probably have. You know, before going into it, because you, you mentioned charters, charter horrors to start with, and I can honestly say that I've never had a bad group on the water. Man, and the only really bad charter. I mean, even you know, I had a boat sink. With yeah. 30 people on it, and everybody was That's okay. not bad. <laughs> that, that would qualify as yeah, one yeah. of the stories I was asking. It was a happy ending because nobody was hurt. Even the dog was okay. And so it went from this horror to this you know, wonderful thing where everyone's all right, and it puts it in perspective. The worst and the only really horrible experience I had was when someone was deported off of the boat who was, you know, his wife was on board. And we had been having a conversation. This this very Bolivian guy and on a I, charter. On a charter, we're having a conversation out of was, Miami. Sorry, out of Miami. Yeah, that you know, this was he was telling me how it was, was kind of a fascist state, and I was like, no, 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 no. You know, we have total freedom here. And literally moments later, we were boarded. <laughs> Everyone's ID was checked, and he was carried off in handcuffs to be deported. And he had lived here for ten years. Wow! Oh wow! My God, that's oh heartbreaking. God. Was married to a U.S. citizen as well and just hadn't finished the whole process was illegal still at the time and so it was gone and it, that was the only really bad experience I've had on the water I've never had anybody hurt badly and thank God 
but it's in in dealing with the authorities, whatever their intentions may be, whether best or not, that we've had problems, but I haven't had problems with you know anything requiring more than first aid on the spot. So wow, that, that I'm is grateful for. we're all, all in shock. <laughs> Can you um bring up? And keep and think of something maybe funny or if you can can. But can you tell us quickly about your the boat sinking and how? Yeah, I wanted to hear about that. <clears throat> yeah, it actually became a uh, kind of an international incident, and I I wondered why since no one was hurt. But it was Columbus Day weekend, and uh, unlike most Columbus days, no one had gotten hurt anywhere, and so they were looking for something. I think, mm. and the video was really really I think uh, you know. Uh, newsworthy because there were a lot of girls in bikinis on the roof you could stand on the boat still you know after after it had gone down and uh so it wasn't very deep wasn't in a very deep spot so it was like good footage good camera footage and like yeah and you could talk seriously over it while in the background you see all these you know pretty girls you know young people who were it could have been bad too i mean i'm not downplaying it. it was just super super lucky where exactly in the bay were you it was uh, if you did a triangle between, say, Crandon Park, uh, Rickenbacker, and the Sandbar. Mm-hmm. It was in those shoals that are sort of. Uh, okay. In fact, I was trying to get to a shoal when, <laughs> when it started going <laughs> yeah. down to, to try to put it up on the shoal, but. But. Uh, okay, I went pretty far out there. I mean, not. Yeah. Not was, by Monument Island. No, it was a mile, and it was a bumpy day. It was a rough day too. But so what caused the actual sinking? That's. That's an interesting thing. This may be the first revelation for that. I never really disclosed because that was actually more to blame for that than I had confessed before. We were actually hit by the Fisher Island Ferry in the middle of the night. And that was, was uh, that could have been much, much worse. Yeah. I mean, we were going, we were going north across that Fisher Island Ferry run from Terminal Island to Fisher Island, passing Miami Beach Marina. And we were going north, and then all of a sudden we were going we were going west. He hit it so hard, and people were standing on the bow of that boat. I don't know if you had seen wow. that catamaran, but but we uh, we turned ninety degrees instantly, and a huge chunk of the of the hull on the front, you know, ended up on the Fisher Island ferry, and uh, and then we you know sat around waiting to sink. I called the Coast Guard. We're right in front of the Coast Guard station, right in front of the Coast Guard station. Hmm. Yeah, of course, that's Fisher immediately Ferry where calls the, the Coast Guard. vessels are and all, everything right there. Yeah, so we're both on the phone with the Coast Guard, and we're waiting, we're waiting, and they don't come, and we're waiting, and finally I'm just like, all right, bye. <laughs> we just took off, and I, since I was facing the wrong direction, I took off really the wrong direction. I just headed west all the way down the cruise ship channel. I went all the way back to my morning, dropped off the 30 people of questionable age who were drinking on board, you know, and brought their party on board. Oh I did not ID people. <laughs> Uh, I might still be in jail if, if, <laughs> if, I, if I had waited around. You yeah, know? sure. So anyway, the boat was fine, but there was a large chunk of the bow missing, which, by the way, I have a friend who's a pilot of the Fisher Island Ferry who says they have that chunk of the bow there, and they were so grateful that I didn't stay because not only That's was a he, mess for them, too. Oh, it was a tremendous hassle. You know? And since no one was hurt, and probably the Coast Guard is glad because it's a hassle for them, too. It's really just a bunch of guys out on the water that don't want to get hassled. Really, like all the Coast Guard, the cops, the everybody, the the charter boaters, the and don't want anybody to get hurt. Passengers, yeah, yeah. As long as nobody gets hurt, it's like go ahead. Right, right. So uh, it it did damage the next day. I mean, did you when you got back to the dock, you inspected it and everything? Yeah, there was a a section of the 
of the, the starboard bow was uh, was kind of crunched, and it made the you know the sheathing between the two hulls of the catamaran was hanging down, which ultimately had to be taken off. And oh, wow. so, and then we continued to charter for weeks. Actually, it was more than weeks. It was probably a couple of months. Wow. And it should have come out of the water. You know, it should have been fixed. And water would get in, like the Titanic, it would get in that section of the hull, which had bulkheads, and it wouldn't go anywhere else, and I would pump it mm-hmm. out. And that day, I don't know, maybe everyone was sitting on that corner the day that it sank, and it was bumpy out and more was splashing in, and it came over the bulkhead into the next section. And by the time I saw it, it was like two sections were full, and it was on its way down on the starboard side, and then it was... You know, oh, Man. Everybody was singing the Titanic song. <laughs> oh my Man, God. that must have been so intense. And well, the intense part was just the fear that somebody was in. I was pretty sure because of the way it went down and the, the tables had broken loose and were up and it was hard to get out and the sides closed. Most of the people were on the roof with a DJ on the roof. But there was a few minutes when finally I, I went from passing out life jackets to running, literally trying to scramble for my own life to get out. Sure. You know, like, you know. Basically, instinct was just like, you're trying to help people, but then it's like, all right, I'm going to die or I'm going to get out of here. And there were a few people behind me. So once I got my breath, you know, and by this time there were already boats there and, and uh, Coast Guard Auxiliary. It was a very busy day on the water, thankfully. It was Columbus Day, you it, said, yeah? It was the the Sunday of Columbus Day Regatta. The next day would have been Columbus Day, yeah. So, wow. So I was pretty sure when I went back down in there, I was going to find somebody floating unconscious. And that's just, you know, with my eyes open, no mask. And I swam all through. It's one big room. It was all open. And when nobody was in there, nothing else mattered after that. I was like, Yeah, everybody was Everybody safe. was accounted for. Everybody. Even the dog was accounted for. And then, you know, I could be in a world of trouble. I could be in jail, but everybody was okay. And that yeah. was all that mattered. So, wow. So it wasn't even a bad day. People lost cell phones. The DJ lost equipment, everything that you can replace, you know. But, um, a side note to that, um, a couple of years Several years later, I was driving Otto's boat on a charter, and the guy, a guy comes up to me while I'm driving the boat. He's like, hey, you know, how's it going? This is a cool boat, yada, yada, yada. He's like, is this your boat? I'm like, no, this, is, this boat belongs to a guy named Otto. He's like, Otto? What? I, I was on... Last time I was on Otto's boat, it sank in the middle of the bay. <laughs> he had no idea that he was on your other boat, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was apparently part of that group that was on your boat. Just yeah, so you, nice you retained your repeat customers. <laughs> yeah, everybody Even got a free charter. Even if the boat sinks, they want to come back. They all got a free charter. And if they haven't then they're listening, you, you have a free charter owed to you after that. Oh, man. But it actually was very helpful in the end because it made me do things the right way, be legitimate, because there was no way that I could operate again after the exposure, you know, without being legal and so. There's been scary moments for me that have changed the way I operate also. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, one of them came actually on your boat as well. The day we had a You're woman. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the day we had a woman over drink and... Uh, I guess I could tell this story, yeah. It's pretty intense. But she was there with her 18-year-old twin daughters, um, and she was very young mother. Like, she was like 38, you know. She was 20 years old when she had these girls. And she, and on Otto's boat, you know, holds 39 people, 
and people are drinking and you can't and there's just two crew and you can't totally keep an eye on everybody. You try your best and, you know, you manage things for, you know, 500 charters in a row. But every once in a while, something's going to, you know, that it's you try not to let it happen. But this woman overdrank and you I when you unload people from the from the boat, you always stand there and you give a hand to people at the threshold, making sure they get off safely. And this woman was passed out in her seat at the end of the trip. So I, every single person, I was up in the front getting every single person off the boat. And she was passed out. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk back. Now, you know, I'm going to help her out. I'm going to get her up after everybody's off. And so I turned around. I started walking back to the center of the boat. And then out of nowhere, she pops up and sprints for the exit. <laughs> the second I turn my back to her, she wakes up and goes for the exit. She steps up onto the dock, one foot, and then falls back against the front of the boat, and then boom, 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 In like a Plinko chip Ping like bong. from the front of the boat to the dock, and falls underneath the boat in a marina that is deep oh God. and has a very strong current. So, And uh, she's drunk. And she's just recently black, passed out. Blackout, pass out drunk. And I, I mean, I saw the whole thing happen, but I was just far enough away to not be able to get there, even sprinting to, to grab her or anything. And Bobby. Did anyone else see it? I mean, could you oh. pretend it didn't happen? You couldn't just pretend that no, you, you didn't know sir. what happened to her. You didn't know where she went. You saw the her. The worst and she was part. The Be like, oh, something fell. It's Sorry, my shoe. It's my shoe. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we got to pick up at the Miami Beach Marina right now. Um, no, anyway, Bobby was there, our friend Bobby, um, the broker, and everybody that had just gotten off the boat. So all everybody saw, saw this. And these were not very good swimmers, these people. And everybody's like screaming in horror when this goes down, including her twin teenage daughters. That see her go. And I untie the boat from the, the front of the boat from the dock. I push it back. Bobby and me both go straight into the water. Bobby gets to her first, swims down. I mean, this woman is like just floating down to the bottom and sinking and <laughs> completely blacked out. This woman is not even putting up a fight or trying to swim or nothing. Bobby gets to her first. I get down there. It's a catamaran-shaped boat. So we like come up in the hole. We're both holding her above the water. Um, I swim with Bobby to get her back to the engines near the engines where there's something to hold on to. I swim to the front. I pull myself up. I run around the back. I drop the ladder and then we swim her over to the ladder and like the three of us slowly pull her up the water. And luckily, thank God, this woman did not have a scratch on her body. She did not have a broken bone. She didn't have, she wasn't coughing up water. She was super lucky. It was like... She had the jello consistency of drunk people. <laughs> yeah. And we were just like mm -hmm. shocked. But it was, it shocked me. I do not leave the threshold of the boat until every single person is off the boat now. Mm -hmm. Never. I mean, I don't turn my back on anybody. There's a drunk person really drunk on the boat at the end of the trip. I make a real big deal about it. I grab the three most sober people around me and say, we're all carrying this person off and yeah. You know, certain things like that will scare you into really... Yeah, and, and truly, it should be the end of the charter when people are like that because there's just so much, you know, so much and, possibility, so much liability for 
to I, have somebody like that on board. I, I always considered myself, I always was really conservative on the boat. I, you know, always tried to watch out for drunk people and stuff. But sometimes they're just such a hazard to themselves, and it's mm-hmm. really a dangerous situation. And so some people get drunk really quick, so they don't seem like they're they're okay in the beginning, and then boom. Yeah, well, I think one of the reasons we've been able to do this business here, I mean, at two thousand charters without anybody dying or getting seriously injured, is that that it's the vast majority have been people from Southern Europe and from Latin America, and they they don't have a real. Uh, tendency to be drunkards the way it's mostly americans well the way northern europeans and you know north americans yeah. do because I mean, that's all the only way i can describe it i mean it's it's kind of just socially not done and people are out to have a good time and they drink a lot but they don't get fallen down drunk they don't get in fights they don't pass out yeah they don't throw up i mean it's very rare that we run into that and and uh so it's not you know, it's there's no credit to us. It's just the fact, the nature of the clientele. And the, the case you're talking about was tourists who were visiting here from elsewhere in the U.S., I think. Yeah, yeah. And in every case where we've had drunk, it's either been a Brit or a, you know, or a Swede or a... Had a couple you know, of drunk Brits, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no doubt. We couldn't do this business in places like that, you know. And, like, and in fact, for years we didn't do tourists. It was only locals who were, it was only on weekends. But uh, yeah, but I think also um, it's the way they behave when they come to Miami because exactly. it's yeah, so true. different from yeah. than where they are from. It's kind of like Las Vegas. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Miami's extreme. So yeah. People... yeah, so they come here and they're like, "Well, nobody yeah. knows me. I can do if I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it here." Yeah. <laughs> well. So, which brings me to my next story. Now, how long have we been? We got time for another story. Otho, you have another story for us? All you want. Man. <laughs> as long as you want. How do you say, tell, tell, me, a, tell me a story? Dígame otra. Dígame más. Dime. Contalo. Cuéntame otra historia. Cuéntame otra historia. Cuenta. Or, is... or you can say, échame un cuento. Eche. Like, throw me a story. You, couldn't, you a wouldn't story. say, dime? Like, tell me? Yeah, well, tell me it's more for like um, something short, but cuéntame implies that it's a, a little longer story. Okay, okay. Because cuéntame, it's like cuento. Cuento is a story. Okay. And for those interested, why I got it wrong is because that's the imperative, right? And so contar is the infinitive. Yeah. But then yo cuento, I tell the story. Exactly. And cuenta is the imperative. It just takes the O off and puts A on there when you're telling somebody to do it. And same with subjunctive, but it kind of, anyway. My God. <laughs> That's good. We need to have you on more often. That's it. I quit. <laughs> no, I got it wrong. She had to correct me. I have um, maybe my worst. I have one story, one charter that is by far the worst I've ever had. Um, you know. And one and only story where it ever really got out of hand. Um, Happened June 2019, and I had five people on the boat. This is on a private catamaran sailing yacht, 38 foot. And there's five people. There's three guys and two girls, you know, two, two girlfriends of the two guys. 
and then one extra guy. And the one of the guy's girlfriends is eight months pregnant. And this guy, they're a little, you know, they're late to their four hour charter. They're half an hour late. They're trying to, this guy, they're like 24 years old, 23 years old. Guy's already trying to bully me and the broker into, you're going to give us that extra time. This guy's very large. And two of these guys are rappers from New, uh, from New Jersey. So, air and, you quotes. Know, throughout the, see. throughout, yeah, air quotes for this. And, Throughout the charter, this guy's getting more and more, like, he's he's being more and more of an asshole. You know, he's, like, telling me how he's a drug dealer, and I'm like, I don't, you know, I, I don't think you're cool, man. I don't know. I'm not. This was, like, one of the guy's 21st birthdays, whatever. And three and a half hours, he's being more and more of an asshole to his girlfriend throughout the trip. At, at a certain point, this eight-month pregnant girlfriend on the hottest day of the summer, he's like, you know, why aren't you getting on this jet ski with me, bitch? Why don't you get in the water with me, bitch? And saying all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy, but it's not to the point where I need to say something or step in. And I'm like, I'm just going to get back and, you know, get off, get them off the boat. And hopefully, you know, this is all goes okay. So I, you know, three and a half hours done, heading back to downtown. They're standing up on the front you know, port, you know, bow, the front left corner of the boat, and he just reach backs, reaches back and slaps her across the face. And I'm like, whoa, man, you can't do, th- like, you got to chill out. She comes running down the stairs, runs inside, and he follows her. And I'm like, listen, man, you got to chill out. He turns to me, he's like, shut up, man, I'll fucking kill you, motherfucker. And... All this and that, like crazy. Damn. He sl- he grabs the sliding glass door, slams it shut as hard as he can. Like I thought the thing was going to shatter. And he follows her in to the cabin and he's just screaming at her. He's kind of like, like slapping her around a little bit. Meanwhile, I'm like driving the boat under the 395 causeway in the middle of downtown Port of Miami, like trying to kick the sliding door open and say, hey, man, you can't do this. You got to chill out, man. You got to walk away. This and that. And and at a certain point, he picks up this paring knife that he they were cutting limes for their Coronas with or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to kill that baby. Yada, yada, yada. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill that baby. And then whatever, he doesn't. Thank God. He sets the knife down. He turns around and starts walking away. And the girl picks up the knife and stabs him in the back. <laughs> right like in his mid left back and he walks out right in front of my eyes pulls his knife out of his back and like chucks it in the water he picks up a floor towel and he wraps it around his side (laughs) and he's like bleeding like a pig and i'm thinking okay this guy definitely deserved that but this guy at this point is flipped into a full-blown rage. And, you know, the, the police report later said this guy's six foot three, 220 pounds, looks like Miami Dolphins starting linebacker. This guy is a beast. <laughs> but meanwhile, the other two kids are like... But, the other two... But he needs both kidneys. <laughs> yeah. He needs both kidneys. The other two kids 
which were zero help whatsoever, were totally scrawny, and they're sitting on the front corner of the boat. They weren't doing anything? Their penises had inverted up into their stomachs <laughs> and were now vaginas, and it was just me and the Hulk and a bunch of chicks on the boat. And you so, know, I, I have to take exception with that last comment because oh. it sounds like the vagina was the only one that knew how to handle it. That's true. Yeah, you know, you're so right. You're very, very true. A hundred percent. And um, and so he walks away for a moment, right? He, and he's screaming, I'm going to kill that bitch, yada, yada. So I run inside, and I grab my keys, and I lock the sliding glass door, and I locked her inside, and I locked him out. And he's, like, going around the front after he comes back to try and open it again. And Who's driving locked. the boat all this time? I am. I got autopilot, you know? So You're I'm on like, autopilot auto- in, the, in the middle of Miami? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I'm doing it all. I'm trying to do it all, you know? And so... I lock her inside so he can't kill her because I actually thought he was going to. And he's like going around the front windows, but he doesn't fit because he's so big. He can't fit in those front, you know, front hatch windows and going crazy, like full blown insane. I so, you know, in the port of Miami, if you pull down the cruise ship channel there, it's a cop right there. There's a cop with a machine gun ready to point it in your face if you get anywhere near a cruise ship. So I start heading for the cops, just, I'm going to get, like, this This situation is out of control. And I'm like, that's it, the cops are on the way. And these guys are like, no, don't call the cops. Because, <laughs> you know, they had previously disclosed that they were drug dealers and all of that. So I'm like, okay, but I'm pulling over to the next stop, and you guys are getting off the boat immediately. And they're like, okay, okay. And so I pull over Bayfront Park. You know, this is... For those of you listening from other places, this is like, you know, where Pitbull has his New Year's Eve party. This is the dead center of Miami, the port of Miami, the harbor. There's where t- all the tourists are at and everything. So I tie up to Bayfront Park with this insane guy flipping into a rage with a bloody towel tied around his side and this pure madness going on. And I tie up, and I'm, like, trying to signal to other people that are close by, like, come help, come help, like, yeah, you yeah. know? And this guy's like, let that, let her out, I'm going to kill that bitch, let her out, yada, yada, yada. And I told her, I'm like, throw their stuff out the window, throw their stuff out the window. And I'm like, I'm not letting her out till you get off the boat, I'm not letting her off till you get off the boat. And as soon as he walks away, you know, barefoot, no shirt, nothing, he walks away from the boat. I untied it really quick and backed away and called the cops and called the Coast Guard and... He ran over to the edge. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And uh, I'm like, well, you better run now because the cops are on their way. And he took off on foot, barefoot, no shirt, no phone, no nothing. And uh, did they ever catch him? Yes. Uh, The cops came about a half an hour later. I docked the boat again. They came on board. They took my whole statement of this whole thing. Because at this point, I had seen I'd witnessed two felonies. So I figured I had to call the cops. Like, you know, what if this guy turns up dead or or the girl turns up dead or God knows what? You know, I have to say something. And um, they took my whole statement. They took her back to the hotel. She didn't want to press charges, you know, of course. And, and then uh, they arrested him and they took him in. But, you know, he gets out of jail after so much time and... And then he just, as soon as he got out of jail, he went back to Jersey and the state dropped the case and everything. So that was like some drama. (laughs) That 
was my most intense, craziest charter story ever. Um, the baby's name is Aaron. No. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my God. And, uh... I w- I'm just kidding, baby. Yeah. That was a horrible that, joke. No, no. There was... I had a charter after that, so I had another charter. No, after that, we were with yeah. um, Chuck, Chuck. Chuck and had, his wife. Yeah, we had people to take out on the boat later with that like, evening. He's like... I don't know, high school or whatever teacher and his wife happened to be in town my college and we're going to take them yeah. out. And then I'm like sitting Welcome there waiting Miami. with them and they're like, where's Aaron? Where's Aaron? And I'm like, he's well, cleaning up blood. Yeah, it seems <laughs> yeah. like somebody got stabbed in the boat that we're going <laughs> Yikes. So we're going to have to wait a little bit. <laughs> they were What's like, what? It's crazy. The, the, uh, my favorite part of the story, though, is that a couple days later, they called and asked if they could rent the boat again. What? <laughs> that was a good time for them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but the greatest. <laughs> he stabbed me good that day. Uh, I was like, man, are you kidding me? No, of course not. What in the world would make you think I would ever rent the boat to you again? No, but we look it up. We look up the kid because, you know, the, the reason they rented the boat is because they, it was a 21 years old birthday of the rapper, the famous one mm-hmm. yeah. of them. And so we looked it up on YouTube to see the videos. Oh, my God. Hilarious. It's like, oh. think about Eminem when he was 12. That's how that kid looked. And he and Eminem was probably a little bit more scary. This kid but is without like... without the talent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course. Eminem is like super no, talented. No, yeah, no, I'm thinking just like... Just, Physically, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like dressed as a rapper and everything, but it's like a red hair, freckles, super skinny, short, not an ounce kid. of muscle. Oh my god, <laughs> not hilarious. an ounce of but standing charisma. on, on converti- convertibles, throwing away cash <laughs> and, F- fake wa- cash. and whiskey, <laughs> Rent, renting a Ferrari and dumping champagne on it and stuff. <laughs> oh my god, sounds classic. And the song, how, how is this? The, White bitches love this shit, so I got a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing the so, money and the hey, whiskey. That was pretty good. That run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's. I you know would... you, you reminded me of something of a couple of incidents that that uh, that I would recommend if it hadn't occurred to you before to if you encounter something like that to not say anything. I mean, obviously, if it gets violent, you have to intervene if if mm-hmm. somebody's life's at stake and all of that. But but. Head straight for the nearest dock. Don't say anything to anybody. Don't say you have to leave or if you don't stop doing that. Because in the case, one case that I remember, we went straight to that that uh, Watson Island dock. Uh-huh. I tied up, stepped off the boat and walked away. Yeah. And everybody said, what's going on? What's going on? It's like, he leaves or, or, you know, or or the charter's over. Guess what? Oh. It's yeah. 38 to, to 1. Or 2 in this case. Or 3 because his buddies left with him. But... But it's not me against them. It's like he leaves, and he had been, you know, super aggressive to to a couple of the girls, and and uh, mm-hmm. and he'd thrown trash in the water. And I said, hey, hey, don't do that, man. Throw it on the floor. I'll pick it up. Don't throw it on the water. You know, it's just like phew, just throwing trash out on yeah, the water. Yeah, man, that's crazy. And, uh, so that. this was the second or third thing, and I didn't say anything to him. I just drove over to Jungle Island, tied up, stepped off the boat. And they're like, what's going on? What are you doing here? He says he's off. I'm like, no, no, we paid, we paid. Well, you can have your money back, but you, you know, you can't be on the boat. And uh, it just took the confrontation out of it. It wasn't like 
you stop that or this. It was just that's it. It's all yeah. over. And, yeah. And then everybody else made him get off the boat. And it or takes you can have you the police scenario. Yeah, you can have the police waiting there. Or I could just walk away and leave the boat. Yeah. You know, if it was bad enough, you can just walk away and they figure it out themselves and you can call the cops and say, Hey, my boat's tied up over there. There's a no, yeah. you know, violent stuff going on on it. In in this case, I really had no choice to do, but to do no, 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 of course. What I what I did, but yeah, that you're you're right. That's don't get involved. Don't put yourself in it. Just stop. No, I mean the nearest place you can stop. Step down. Call the people who you know who love to to beat up. <laughs> yeah, they love to beat up on people. You know? <laughs> yeah, they have all the equipment. <laughs> Man, I I ran into the cop that came on the boat that day. I ran into him, you know, standing in front of Denny's on. 36th street or whatever later the same day no like a couple months later later, and i was like hey man remember that day he's like yeah we we arrested that guy and man he had like a stab wound in his back and this and that and we talked about it Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i had i had to call the cops and i had to get somewhat involved that day because it was just too out of control and it unfolded so fast Mm -hmm. like it happened you know start to finish of course call the police right away but don't tell them. Just smile and say, hey, bro, yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. What you really don't want to have to do is call the police or the Coast Guard, you know. Hopefully every situation you can just handle. And after so many charters, you you do end up, you know, diffusing a lot of situations and that sort of thing. Or just let them get crazy, you know. Mm, I think it's better to end it if it's, you know, you know when yeah. that, that vibe oh, of is course, there. yeah. What, what about four drunken British... Sailors, what would you do in that case? I think you handled it perfectly. All I've seen is the, <laughs> the photographs, but that, that was a classic. Um, how, how deep are we into the hair? Yeah, so uh, I guess I can touch on that story real quick, right? Sure, it was a good one. Just just for the listeners, we'll we'll keep it short and sweet. How do you say short and sweet in Spanish? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to throw too much Spanish. At our yeah, right. <laughs> Corto y dulce. Corto but it's not something we say. You don't? Okay. No. Do you have a saying in that for that in Spanish? Like, um, quick and to the point? Eh, para hacerla corta. Para, para hacer? To make it short. Okay. Well, the, the British sailors, real shortly, is just that uh, I had four sailors, four helicopter mechanics from the British Navy who had a layover, you know, they had come across the ocean on this huge ship and they were in Miami for two days. So they have two days to party in Miami and then back on the ship and they go. And these guys book, you know, take up four spots on Otho's party boat of the century. Um, And this trip happens to fall during uh, Urban Beach Week or Memorial Day, which is an insane time of year in Miami. All of Miami Beach looks like a DMX music video. There's like guys riding dirt bikes and quads all around, all crazy. And so... 300-pound girls wearing dental floss. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty accurate. And um, so this boat, the boat, the crowd that day consists of nothing but four helicopter mechanics from the British military and... 300-pound girls wearing dental floss. And (laughs) those are the only two types of passengers we had on board that day. And these guys got so out of control, I don't know what they were on, but they were drinking heavily and mixing it up with these girls 
like you would not believe to the <laughs> point that they were in the water with one and then back on the boat with another and all over. And at the climax of this entire trip, two of these guys are completely buck naked standing on the benches of the boat with their wieners tucked between their legs, dancing like they're strippers, and all of these girls throwing money at them. And everybody else on the island, on an island with 20 other boats, every single set of eyeballs on the entire island is focused directly on our boat. And these guys are white, white, white. They're so white, they're pink, and the girls are black, black, black. So the contrast is... We know because there were pictures, Dave. They are, probably. You still have those pictures? I have pictures to prove it, yeah, Mm. for both of... for all of these stories, actually. (laughs) And, um, you know, everybody got home safe, and... They had a good time. They had a good time. It was fun, actually. (laughs) Or all married, by the way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. They were, anyway. They all were. (laughs) Until the pictures went on Instagram and so forth. They were in Miami, only in date. (laughs) Yeah, right. Man, that was was nuts. And I was just standing in the back of the boat, like, shaking my head, just... While they were shaking their butts. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of shaking. What down that day, but uh, <laughs> that was a fun one, and I think we should just do. Can we just do a rapid fire Spanish lessons lesson of some of the words we talked about today? Just so there's a you know Go some Spanish, a hint of Spanish. So I'm gonna say a phrase, and whoever no also you go whichever whoever has the answer quickest so I had a charter Julian charter yeah we say charter, charter too mm-hmm. this is the craziest story my boat sank I was hit by another boat People were fighting. People were drunk. The water was deep. The current was strong. The people were crazy. (laughs) You said that before. Okay, yeah. The woman was pregnant. Eh, mujer estaba embarazada. The girl stabbed the guy. No sé cómo decir stabbed. Apuñaló. ¿Cómo? Apuñaló. Apuñaló. We call that puñal. So apuñaló. Okay. She stabbed him in the back. Mm, espalda, ¿no? I Ella call- lo apuñaló en la espalda. I called the police. Llamé a la policía. I parked the boat. Estacioné mm. bote. Yeah. Parqué. Parqué. Yeah. Either one. Estacioné <laughs> or parqué el bote. All right. Well. What about I naked th- sailor? What about <laughs> naked what? sailor. Naked sailor. Uh, Desnudo. El... What? What is a sailor? Baleros. Baleros. Marineros. 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 Desnudos. <laughs> Marineros desnudos. <laughs> Marineros desnudos. That's going to come in so in handy for all of our listeners. <laughs> Naked sailors. Yeah. That could be your 
biggest nightmare or your wildest fantasy. We don't know. We don't know what you're what you're into <laughs> out there. But uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode today and and the wild stories from Captain Oth- Captain Otho and myself. And tune in next week for what I suspect will be more of a Spanish lesson and less of just uh, crazy stories. And please check out our Instagram and like and subscribe to the show. Put some wind in our sails, guys. That's the number one thing you can do to help the podcast out. That and request topics for future episodes. Um, My name is Aaron Brown. That's Milena, Dave Humble, and Otto. And we are Lingo para Gringo. Thanks for listening, guys. Ciao. Ciao.